Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, episode 316. This is the weekly podcast about American flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This podcast is brought to you by slowflowers.com, the free nationwide online directory to florists, shops, and studios who design with American-grown flowers, and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to our lead sponsor for 2017, Certified American-Grown Flowers. The Certified American-Grown program and label provide a guarantee for designers and consumers on the source of their flowers. Take pride in your flowers and buy with confidence. Ask for Certified American-Grown Flowers. To learn more, visit americangrownflowers.org. Before I get started, I want to encourage you to listen carefully at the end of today's interview to learn about upcoming Slow Flowers events that you can participate in, especially to take advantage of a generous Slow Flowers discount code that Holly Chapel has shared for anyone who wishes to attend the upcoming Flower Stock at Hope Farm in Waterford, Virginia, October 9th and 10th. I'll be there teaching floral memoir writing, and I would love to see you. This week's guest is Cindy Hansen, owner of The Herb and Garden in Helena, Montana. She's a longtime member of SlowFlowers.com, and I recently profiled Cindy's retail flower shop in the Slow Flowers Journal print edition inside Florist Review Magazine. You can read that piece called Keeping It Local in Montana at our show notes for today's episode 316 at DebraPrinzing.com. I wanted to feature Cindy and her business in the first ever How I Do It series for the Slow Flowers Journal because she's a role model for sourcing local botanicals whenever possible or augmenting with American-grown flowers from other states when Helena, Montana is probably covered in snow. My thinking is this, by featuring role models like Cindy and fellow retail florists in other frost-prone markets across North America, we're helping to debunk the assumption that the slow flowers approach is difficult to uphold. If she can do it in Zone 4 or Zone 5 of all places, you can do it too. You'll enjoy our conversation as Cindy discusses the journey she has taken from a career in horticulture and landscaping to now selling and designing flowers. Visit DebraPrinzing.com to see photos and find links to The Herb and Garden and all of Cindy's social places. And be sure to take advantage of the flower stock promo code that you'll hear about at the end of this segment. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, and I'm so happy to introduce you to Cindy Hansen. Hi, Cindy. Hi, Deborah. It's just great to be with you. And great to be with you, too. Well, Cindy is the owner of The Urban Garden in Helena, Montana. And how far is that from uh, Chico, where we are? So from Chico, it is about a 90-mile road. Okay. <laughs> it's about three hours for oh us my to goodness. get here. Yeah. Well, we're in Chico, which is actually Prey, Montana, at the Rocky Mountain Gardening Live Conference, where um, I'm going to speak about slow flowers. And of course, Cindy, you're going to be like blushing the, the whole time tomorrow, because I'm going to be pointing to you as my 
poster child. <laughs> Thank you, Deborah. <laughs> so we've never met in person. It's just great to be with you. And I want to talk about your business. Um, what do you do in Helena? I own a business, which, as Deborah said, is called the Urban Garden. And my hashtag is Nature Inspired Floral Design. And I sell cut flowers that I try to source as locally as possible. And during the summer months, my flowers come from Helena Growers. During my winter months, I source domestically from Washington, Oregon, and California. And you have your store, the the Urban Garden, it's H-E-R-B and Garden, right? Yes, and that was a little bit of a, I did that intentionally as a play on words. I love it. It happened out of a miscommunication between my sister-in-law and I. And somehow the word herb got in there when really I think she meant urban, right. U-R-B-A-N. Uh-huh. And I went, that's it. It's the herb and garden. Uh-huh. And, and it has, because you sell plants too, right? I also sell plants. Uh those I order from a company in Spokane. Mm-hmm. Most of those house plants, though, do come out of Canada. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that, that sort of augments your cut flowers. But business. that augments the cut flowers. And I also sell uh, vintage pieces that I find pottery. Uh, pots for the plants. I do some vintage and some brand new. Uh-huh. I've been watching your Facebook posts and your feeds, and you're often posting um, really quirky little 1940s vases yes. with an arrangement in them. And I guess that's sort of a nice distinction than having to use just generic glass or something, Yes, right? and I rarely buy any new uh, glass. Wow. I usually go to my thrift stores to source all my vases. That's great. It's a perfect fit. When I was working on the Slow Flowers book, I was totally into collect- collecting vintage American pottery for that reason. So, yes. you know, either that or I had a small habit. I don't know. It might have been that, too. Yeah, I think, I think I'm with you on that. <laughs> it's, the, it's the hunt for the treasure that's the fun. So how did you, when did you start the business, and, and, and how did it come about? I started the business in 2014, and I had been gardening basically since 1980, 1980. Mm-hmm. In Montana. Gardening for yourself? Gardening or? for myself, working in the gardening industry. I worked at a landscape nursery. I had my own landscape business. I um, worked for the city parks in Missoula one year doing flower baskets. So I'd always had an interest. Wow. And when I got to a certain point in 2014, I decided I wanted to try to do my own business that would involve plants, flowers, things that I already knew how to do. I did not have to go back to school to learn all these things. And honestly, the floral part of it has been evolving over the last three years. Because that just became, I don't know, you thought it was one facet, and now is it the largest facet? or It is, I would say, the floral um, design and the plant sales mm. are my um, two parts of my business that I would say are fairly equal at this point. 
And slowly my, I have been doing weddings and that part of my business is continually growing every year. I get more and more brides calling me. That's cool. And you're right in downtown Helena, right? Yes. I am on the main street downtown. And I think I just saw the sign driving here. Helena is the state capital? Yes. Helena is the state capital. So does it give a kind of a different type of vibe? Like there's a lot of business there or? The... The interesting thing about being the state capital is we are not necessarily a tourist destination. Okay. So my my business is not devoted to tourists. It is more devoted to the local population and the brides that are hearing about me and seeing me on social media. And we have a wedding stroll every spring, which has garnered interest in oh. the floral. We had what is that like a trade, like a, a, a festival or a trade yes, show? Yes, it kind of is thing? actually only. It's a downtown Helena event that uh, organization called Downtown Helena puts on, and then mem- you know people can join the wedding stroll for whatever kind of things they have. So, so it's like it's venues and vendors and that sort of thing. Wow. Interesting. And, but I do it right in my store. So last year, what I did was I set my table up with probably six different styles of bouquets. So the gals could come in and look at the different styles of the bouquets. I know we're going down that tangent, but I want to just, that's so creative and such a neat idea. Um, are there other florists on that stroll? There are, yes, there are. And what I've noticed, uh, there's more and more um, people doing the wedding floral industry on their own. They don't have a storefront. Okay. But what typically happens is they will be invited to a venue to show I their see. flowers. Sure, they kind of partner with a venue yes. or something like yes. that. So there's... For good or bad, healthy competition. There's healthy competition. I don't know that there is any other florist in Helena who is strictly using the slow flowers principles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that kind of gives you a distinction mm-hmm. on that. Right. So um, how big is your shop? 425 square feet. <laughs> I mean, you walk in, you can barely turn around. and But everybody who comes to my store continually says this is the cutest shop I've ever seen how do you how do you get so much in here in such a small space so it's really delightful oh, when people neat. come in and, and enjoy being in there because it's kind of a pedestrian friendly area yes yes we get a lot of walk by traffic I'm I have a restaurant on one side of me there in our block there's three different restaurants so there is a lot of foot traffic mm-hmm. a lot of art galleries a lot of new interesting stores and from a business point of view now you're in your wait you open in 14 uh, it'll be the third anniversary is november 7th awesome congratulations yeah, thank you. how did you choose the location i mean did you hadn't done retail you'd worked in retail on the nursery side but you hadn't run your own retail how did you think about the Um, the location well interestingly enough the little space that I'm in I actually shared that space with some fiber artists um, a number of years ago oh in in another iteration of your life (laughs) yes and we did a Christmas sale and show with fiber arts because my other passion is knitting so uh, we had been in that spot and it was the cutest little store 
And it just happened that when I was ready to think about having my own business, that space was available oh for rent. But you're familiar with the, the pluses of that location. Yes. That's cool. Yes. yes. Well, I think we first met when you joined Slow Flowers, and yes. we just set up a phone date. And we really, I was so in, you know, encouraged by your curiosity, but also there were times when I was, I felt helpless, like I couldn't point you in the right direction because your questions were really spot on articulating what I hear over and over again from florists who are in markets that aren't Santa Barbara, basically, you know, where you don't have a readily accessible local flowers. Um, And you were saying to me, Deborah, help me find people I can buy from. And how do I do this? And so you were, well, first of all, describe your climate. Like when can you get local and and what what what's that period and then what happens the rest of the time uh the very first year deborah i didn't start carrying cut flowers until january and i or february when i first when then i got my cooler system i spent those first six months just making a lot of phone calls and researching and trying to find my sources um and so I think I finally brought in my first product in February, and it was actually through a number of phone calls. I uh, Washington Bulb mm-hmm. in Mount Vernon agreed to send me tulips. And then from there, I just kept asking questions, asking people where they would source from, and then I found uh, Floribundance and Mayesh. Um, and so... Until about the end of June, because the flower season in Montana until the end of June is not very active. Uh, I heard people talking this weekend in Missoula about freezes in June or Freezes happen in June. Crazy. Um, So usually about the end of June, I can get some delphiniums. And then from then on, and honestly, right now, so mid-August through mid-September is honestly the best for the flowers. I can get dahlias and snapdragons and um, other floral, I'm trying to think whatever, field-grown crops, sunflowers, zinnias, um, lots of zinnias. I'm trying so, to think what I saw when I was over in Missoula. Yes. Celosia. Yes. Yeah. Right now is just prime. Blowing up, right? And in a way, what I'm seeing, at least in my business, a lot of brides are pushing their weddings into September. And I've even had a few in October. Um, so it's great. Now, that yeah. being said... As long as we don't have a hard freeze. Right. I had a Dahlia wedding last October 1st, and, you know, we were all on pins and needles whether the Dahlias were still going to be going. Right, right. I mean, that's crazy. So end end of June or June to September is roughly when you can get... Is roughly the local. Local Montana grown. Mm, Yes. You're growing some of your own too, aren't you? I do grow some of my own. I had a rough year this year keeping that going. We had such a drought and then we had the fires and I just had a hard time keeping the water on the one area. So I did let it go 
I the plan is um, hopefully in the fall to get the drip irrigation figured out so that I can keep that flower garden mm-hmm. going. Yes, because mm-hmm. I do grow some. And so home. that you'll use that to kind of augment. Yes. And yes. is it mainly uh, annuals? Uh, uh, mostly annuals. I have been putting in more perennials as time goes on. Mm-hmm. I just planted a bed to delphiniums. Um, I have some roses, but I still haven't found a good one for cut flowers. So I'm, sure. I'm kind of looking at You're that experimenting. as well. Yeah. So these other sources, like Washington Bulb, is shipping you tulips. Are you getting those in for Valentine's Day, or I get those from about uh, February through. They they were able to supply me through May, I think wow. it was May yeah. or June, and I get French tulips, and they've just been really great to work with, actually. And the customers are happy to know. Oh, the customers the go crazy over the tulip because I wasn't aware of how many people were into tulips, and then when I get the French tulips, there I have certain customers that start calling me in March wanting to know when I'm going to have the French tulips. Wow. Is the is there a premium because you have to factor the shipping into the price? Yes, there is and I always have to factor in the shipping which makes my product a bit more expensive than say if you went to Safeway right. and got the same product. Right. Right. But I guess you just have to educate customers about that then, It right? takes a lot of education. Um, I had my Again, my first year, I met with our one of our senators, our senator, our only senator in Montana, and he was meeting with small business people. So I explained to him what my business was. And when I said I source local flowers, he said I thought they were all local. I didn't know that we had to import flowers. Wow. This is a, the state senator or this uh, is our, um, the big deal senator? The big deal senator. Wow. We got to, that, that's amazing. So that you were on the front lines educating. And he's an organic farmer <laughs> <laughs> from Montana. So, yeah, wow. there's lots of educating yeah. to take place. Yeah. Is the um, the brides that are finding you and, and liking the local American Ground Slow Flowers brand, is that um, indicative of, of Helena or is it kind of um, just picking? slowly gradually picking up or I think part of it is um their knowledge that they want local but I also think part of it is the design element that Mm. they see that looks a little more natural that looks a little more wildflowery from the garden kind of from the garden yes oh so they're drawn to you for the aesthetics and then they hear the story yes yes very cool I think that is so in the in the winter months or after your first frost, like maybe in a month, we're here in the middle of September. So by the middle of October, you'll start having to. Yes, and Deborah, I want to thank you for pointing me in the direction of. Um, I think it's called Sunny Meadows Farm uh, mm-hmm. in Ohio. Yes, um, I the know because nice they started thing shipping. Right, is that they have started shipping, and I have. Uh, source from them and so now they just sent out their fall <clears throat> availability so ha- knowing that they're there and that perhaps I could source you know some fall uh, flowers knowing their season is a little bit longer mm-hmm. than ours that I'll be able to use them as a source mm-hmm. as well That's because cool. usually beginning of November I will have to start um, sourcing again from mostly probably California. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that is probably the other, the other 
distinction is that, yes, you can get American-grown flowers, but you have to have a customer willing to pay for your, basically your aesthetic and for your, you're the curator really of yes. these flowers. Yes. They're not going to cost as little as the grocery store. Exactly. And I, I think that is my biggest competition. What was that? It was a beautiful yellow warbler. And oh. It just landed on the, oh. on the fence. That's good karma. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes, my, my, uh, competition is definitely, I would say, Safeway. Okay. Um, because they have beautiful the vo- flowers. The volume. They have the volume. Yeah. I believe they have some of their own farms, uh, so they're able hmm. to grow. Mm-hmm. And yeah, But the thing is so interesting is when you go into a Safeway, it's often hard to determine whether it's domestic or imported. Absolutely. And what a missed opportunity if they did have domestic product. Yes, and I have actually asked them in the past, I've called them and asked them if they knew what items were domestically grown and they, and they didn't know. Yeah, so. yeah, I know. But that's your distinction. You know where yeah. your product comes yeah, from. Exactly. And so um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just curious, for being retail, are you offering... Uh, cash and carry, like pre-made arrangements or straight bunches, or is it all custom driven by, by the order? I do a variety of methods at my store. I do have some pre-made bouquets and I, I look at, you know, what I've used, um, how much time it took me. I think I'm very comparable. You know, I go to the grocery stores. I look at the prices. I look at what's in them. And sometimes I believe that I'm a way better value oh, I bet. Um, for what I can put into my bouquets. So you mean at, like at the same price point? At the same price okay. point. Um and then occasionally I have people that will come in and just buy straight bunches. I have a customer who absolutely loves flowers. She comes in once or twice a week to see what I have brought in that she wants to buy. Uh, and then I... But she only wants the straight bunches, not the design book. Right. Okay. She likes to arrange her own flowers. How sweet. So she, and she has a very big garden, but when her season is done, then she comes She's to coming the to the urban garden, yeah. I have done some events. Uh, the Nature Conservancy has sourced uh, local bouquets from me for their events. I take phone orders from people. I can do deliveries. Yeah. So, you know, your typical floral. Are you Are you part of any wire service? Or I am any? not part okay. of a wire service, I and I've stayed away from it just because I am so small. I'm basically a one-person operation. Right. I don't think that would fit with your aesthetic either if you had to adhere to a pre-designed yeah. look. That's what I've heard from other people. I think that would be really hard for me. Yeah. How did you manage to get away for two days to come to the, so this gardening conference? I have a gal who agreed to step in and cover the store for me. And I've been off and on. We've been messaging all morning about little quirks happening at, at the store. So you always have that part of the business yeah. that, you know, you can't yeah. really totally leave it behind. But. Yeah. Well, three years in, that's great that you're uh, coming up on your third anniversary. Do you have any kind of um, metrics for yourself that you feel like you've hit certain milestones and that you're, you you know, you, you know, this is viable and 
you're happy with where you're at? Or? I hate to admit this, Deborah. I still don't know if it's viable, but I am still going to go. I <laughs> keep going. And I think what, what I am learning, which is the, has been the hardest part for me, is to put a value on, on my own work mm-hmm. and to also start looking at... I think I've had some of my wedding florals people come to me because they know I am less expensive because I felt like starting out, I I just had to learn these things yeah. kind of and the I, hard way. And, and I've now, heard that from other people too. Now yeah. I know uh, what is involved in the time it takes. Like I was doing a wedding a few days ago and I realized it took me just almost an hour just to prep the flowers mm-hmm. to get them ready to do into these beautiful hand-tied bouquets. Mm-hmm. And so when you include all the labor that is involved, yeah. um, that is where I will be focusing my energy this fall. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you're bidding in these, you're basically writing proposals for these weddings, so it's not like you have a price list posted or anything, And right? at this point, I do not, but I that is one of my things I'm working on this fall. Uh, contract, price list, uh, proposals, so that when a bride comes to me and we meet, I have a quicker turnaround for giving them the proposal because it's kind of standardized then. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. and you, are you going to come up with a minimum? I always hear that question uh, I, or that topic. I, I am coming up with a minimum yeah. because what I have found is I, at this point, have set a very low minimum mm-hmm. and it's too low. Yeah. So yeah. I need to, I, like I said, I'm trying to get better at my pricing. Yeah. I think that is one way that is going to make me viable. So if you're listening to this, Slow Flowers community, you reach out to Cindy and share your tips and advice because you're active on the Slow Flowers community page on Facebook. You often post. Yes, I do post on the Slow Flowers, yeah. Um, I think that, you know, unlike a market where, say, Seattle or Portland, where there's just a lot of activity, florists run into each other at at the wholesale market. They, you know, they kind of have the ability to swap information with each other you're kind of isolated i i'm pretty isolated actually especially being one of the few people in helena that is you know working on this low flowers um, protocol so i do i i am connecting with more people in missoula and bozeman which is really nice to know there's people out there oh, that know. you can talk to. I know. I mean, you guys are drivers here in Montana. Yeah, we anyway. are. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I don't get away from the store very often. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, anything else that you want to uh, address that I didn't ask you? Well, I just was going to tell you one interesting little tidbit. I met with a gal who does flowers out of Washington, D.C., but she is a local Helena gal who grew oh. up in Helena and oh. moved to D.C. So we had a nice meeting a couple weeks ago, and she shared with me that she's um her she is listed on the knot uh-huh as inexpensive and her minimum wedding is fifteen hundred dollars mm-hmm. because all the florists in the dc because her market minium, minimums three thousand dollars <laughs> so she gets lots of work and lots of calls and, and you're like i would love a fifteen hundred dollar uh, minimum yeah i'm like okay <laughs> Oh, you know so. what? Before we turn on the recorder, we were talking about your relationship with local farmers and how there is sort of a, an, even an education issue with you 
helping bring them along and, and maybe you could tr- address sort of those su- maybe there's some su- successes in there as well yes yeah, so uh, I have uh, maybe three or four local growers um, in the Helena area uh, one of them excuse me uh, maybe two of them I'm trying to be a mentor mm-hmm. to um, help them understand that they're their flower growing can actually be a business and that in order to be a business, these are the things that these would be the protocols that you would need to follow as far as harvesting your flowers, processing your flowers, getting them to the florist when they need them. Mm -hmm. So um, I have the growers, they're they're beautiful flowers. Uh, I just need them to take the business aspect of it yeah. a little more seriously. What do you think the biggest issue is? Is it just transportation, like the distance they have to travel, or is it just more um, realizing that you could be a consistent customer um, for like what? I think thirty weeks. Exactly what you said, Deborah. Mm. That I could be a consistent venue for them to sell their flowers, um, and and it is difficult. I mean, I know people take time off, they go on vacations, and I, I understand that, especially being in Montana and we have a short summer growing season. Uh, some of them I've had to educate just on the, uh, just because I've grown flowers. So, you know, like on your dahlias, you want to cut that first main stem right as low as you can so the other ones grow up uh, taller and longer and straighter. And, it, and educating them is, <clears throat> excuse me, the long, the long stems are what I need. I can always cut them shorter, right. but if you bring them to me short, you don't they're have as a many. little tricky to mm-hmm. work with. So it's just the, just because I've done growing for so long, yeah. educating them. Yeah. Yeah. I sure hope that it takes off and that, you know, there's this groundswell of being you want more farmers to buy from and if they if they're successful with you maybe they can be successful with other outlets too exactly because you want them to succeed yeah and the so my again and I love farmers markets and I would never not want there to be farmers markets I but in the summer I am right on the pathway to the farmers market so all Shoot. you see all these people walking around with these huge gorgeous flowers you know for ten dollars or right. six dollars right and that is a little bit difficult on my business but I over the last three years I've just come to accept that that is not going to be my market. That's not your customer. That's not my customer. And so I just keep moving forward and trying to build on what I and who I think my customer is. I interviewed somebody last year who said that, okay, it was a farmer who had a, who was doing farmer's markets and they had a florist in town who wanted to buy their flowers to have, say, um, midweek because people had maybe thought, oh, I forgot to go to the farmer's market and get those sunflowers, and here you have them at the flower shop in town. And I thought that was kind of a surprise. And that is exactly right. And what I, um, our farmer's market is from 9 in the morning until 1 in the afternoon, and I catch all the people that didn't want to go to the farmer's market or get out late in the day. Yeah. And they come by, and I have flowers outside or inside, and 
they will buy the flowers. And then I ask my farmers to bring me their flowers on a, oh, probably a Wednesday. Mm -hmm. uh, I used to work at a health food store, and the produce manager there educated me mm -hmm. on flowers mm -hmm. and said, most people want to buy their flowers on Thursday or Friday. Kind of toward so the weekend. So have them for the weekend. Yeah. So, so I had known that going into it. So I will catch people midweek. So, yeah. I love that you accept it, though, and just work around it. Yeah. yeah. You're offering design services that most farmers exactly. market vendors can't do. Yes. Exactly. Cool. Well, I'm so glad we got to meet. Thank and you, Deborah. I, um, I will want to end by saying that um, Cindy is the first flower shop that I got to profile in the new um, section in Flores Review, Slow Flowers Journal, which is called How I Do It. And so let's, I'll share that on the show notes so people can sort of see at a glance how you're doing it. Because the whole purpose of that, that ongoing um, section or the, that one particular feature is to feature retail florists who are figuring out how to source locally and domestically even in the coldest zones in the U.S. Yes. And you, you were my poster child to start that. <laughs> well, Deborah, and again, I want to thank you, too, because you've just been such a huge advocate, and I appreciate you taking the time to oh. help me out. And oh, me. my pleasure. Let's, let's sell more flowers in Montana that are grown in Montana. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. again for joining me today. I hope you can take inspiration from Cindy Hansen's business model, one that gives the herb and garden a brand distinction in her marketplace for specializing in Montana-designed wedding flowers and providing her customers with American-grown flowers in all 12 months of the year. Okay, here's our special news. Last year, Holly Hyder Chapel of Hope Flower Farm welcomed dozens of designers and flower lovers from near and far to her farm for the first annual flower stock. This year, she will again open Hope Farm on October 9th and 10th for flower stock. Hope Farm is located just outside the nation's capital, and there, professionals and members of the community will gather for two days of demonstrations and talks by renowned floral designers like Ariella Shazar, Robbie Honey, Pat Roberts and Sherry Spencer, and Holly herself. I'm excited and honored to join Holly for this second annual flower stock experience where I'll be leading creative writing exercises for attendees, guiding us as we begin to record personal floral narratives. Now, to sweeten the deal, Holly is offering a special $200 discount for the Slow Flowers community. Use this promo code for a discount off of the one-day or two-day registration. It's FS Slow Flower. So FS for flower stock and then Slow Flower Singular. And I'll have that on our show notes as well. This discount can also be used for Flower Stock's Treat the Team offer to buy two tickets and get the third for free. Get in touch with me or write to flowers at hollychapelflowers.com to request the promo code for the free ticket if you bring a third member of your staff or team. If you're in the New England area, you can also meet me at two upcoming events, a Slow Flowers meetup in Guilford, Connecticut at Trout Lily Farm on Saturday, October 7th, and at the New England Farmer Florist Collective event hosted at Salted Root Farm near Plymouth, Massachusetts on Sunday, November 5th. Check out the details at our event page at deborahprinzing.com. Details are also posted on the Slow Flowers Facebook page. 
The Slow Flowers podcast has been downloaded more than 237,000 times by listeners like you. Thank you to each one of you for downloading, listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. If you value the content you receive each week, I invite you to show your thanks and support the Slow Flowers podcast with a donation. The button can be found on our homepage in the right column. Your contributions will help make it possible to transcribe future episodes of the podcast. And thank you to our family of sponsors, Arctic Alaska Peonies, a cooperative of 50 family farms in the heart of Alaska, providing high-quality, American-grown peony flowers during the months of July and August. Visit them today at arcticalaskapeonies.com. Seattle Wholesale Growers Market, a farmer-owned cooperative committed to providing the very best the Pacific Northwest has to offer in cut flowers, foliages, and plants. The Growers Market's mission is to foster a vibrant marketplace that sustains local flower farms and provides top quality products and services to the local floral industry. Find them at seattlewholesalegrowersmarket.com. Longfield Gardens provides home gardeners with high quality flower bulbs and perennials. Their online store offers plants for every region and every season. From tulips and daffodils to dahlias, caladiums, and amaryllis. Visit them at lfgardens.com. Syndicate Sales, an American manufacturer of vases and accessories for the professional florist. Look for the American flag icon to find Syndicate's USA-made products and join the Syndicate Stars loyalty program at syndicatesales.com. Johnny's Selected Seeds, an employee-owned company that provides our industry the best flower, herb, and vegetable seeds, supplied to farms large and small, and even backyard cutting gardens like mine. Check them out at johnnysseeds.com. The Association of Specialty Cut Flower Growers, formed in 1988, ASCFG was created to educate, unite, and support commercial cut flower growers. Its mission is to help growers produce high-quality floral material and to foster and promote the local availability of that product. Learn more at ASCFG.org. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of the Slow Flowers Podcast. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more American-grown flowers on the table, one vase at a time. And if you like what you hear, please consider logging on to iTunes and posting a listener review. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. The Slow Flowers podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. Learn more about his work at kinetictreefitness.com. 